that song, the song I fell in love with many, many years ago as a boy. Our church had about three good basses in it. And when they sang that song, it almost shook the room. And I've loved that song. It's got a great message as well. We also sang this morning a psalm. That was Psalm 42 was our second song. You know, there's a songbook in the Bible. And you can sing it if you want to. And uh, if you need to know where that came from, I, I'm sure Miss Southern probably has a copy in her office that she would let you look at and tell you how to order one for yourself. And it is a great resource to be able to put the Word of God to music in music that works for our contemporary ears. This morning, we are going through the Second London Baptist Confession of Faith, chapter 22, on worship. And we have come now to paragraph 3, which you can find in your order of service. And I just want to read it with you. And it says, Prayer with thanksgiving, being one part of natural worship, is by God required of all men. But that it may be accepted, it is to be made in the name of the Son, by the help of the Spirit, according to His will, with understanding, reverence, humility, fervency, faith, love, and perseverance, and when with others, in a known tongue. Now there's a number of places we could go from these words. One place that I'm reminded of is Colossians chapter 4, where Paul says in verse 2, devote yourselves to prayer. Stay alert in it with thanksgiving. At the same time, pray also for us that God may open a door to us for the word to speak the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. And we read this morning, we read a prayer from the prophet Habakkuk. We read a prayer from the Apostle Paul in Ephesians chapter 1. There are many prayers in the Bible. If I would guess, if I were to poll each one of you and ask you, what would make the most difference in the spiritual life of your people, in the life of your church members? You would probably tell me the standard answer. If they would read the Bible and pray every day, it would revolutionize their spiritual life. And you would tell me that because you've seen that. We have seen it happen in people's lives when they begin to spiritually mature, when they move from being someone who knows about Jesus 
to someone who's captivated by Jesus. When they go from being someone who comes to church to someone who is excited to serve in the church and we see spiritual growth. And reading the Bible in prayer is a critically important part of that. I'll make an observation for you from the world of parenting that every parent has probably said at some point, although not usually in quite these negative words, but we tell our children, do as I say, not as I do. Now we don't set out to say that, but we all wind up doing it. And it still doesn't work. Because our children don't follow us where we point them. They follow us where we're going. And if we're not going where we want our children to go, we need to work on that. More than just say, you go be better than me. No, you go be better and follow me. That's what we need to do. It's a foolish way to parent. And it's a foolish way to disciple too. You go be better than me. Go read your Bible. Go pray. And you're saying, well, I do read my Bible. Right? Do we need to have a little confession time? I am reading my Bible. I am praying. I'm hoping every single one of you is taking the time every day to spend that time and you're saying well I intend to spend that time but there's so many classes and I have all this homework and 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 as soon as I'm out of seminary I'll have that you won't you will not have the time if you don't have the time now you won't have the time then you'll never have the time but here's the thing your church doesn't come to your quiet time. Your church doesn't come every day to see you pray and to see you read the Word of God. They see you on Sunday and maybe Wednesday night. And when they see you, what do they see? If people were to come to your church for a month, or a year, or a decade, would they come away absolutely convinced that you thought the central thing for their spiritual life was reading the Word of God and praying? Sunday after Sunday, would they know that? And I'm going to be blunt with you. In a lot of churches, they wouldn't. They would think the most important thing to their spiritual life is singing songs and listening to sermons. Because when they come to church, that's what happens. And do we read our Bibles? Well, I hope you read the Bible in your church. But what do we do? We get up, we read it for two minutes, and then we spend 30 minutes talking about it. What do you think they're going to believe is most important? This? Or the guy talking about it? Which are we actually teaching them? Oh, I know you'll say with your mouth that the Bible is most important, but our actions are going to be much more convincing than our mouths. Because we want our people 
to read the Bible for themselves, not just be stuck perpetually listening to what other people tell them the Bible says. But here's the thing, we've convinced ourselves that we're more interesting than the Bible. That the Bible's too boring for people to hear it. So we better keep that part quick and get on to the interesting part that we're going to do. And we have practically prayerless churches. Think about the last worship services you were at. How much time was given to prayer in those worship services? Our worship services have two prayers, three prayers, maybe four prayers. They're short. They're all less than a minute long. They're extemporaneous. They're perfunctory. We pray because we're about to take up the offering. We pray because we're opening the service. We pray because we're closing the service. They're, they're, they're transition points. And little more. Sometimes we can spend more time in our worship service on the announcements than we spend talking to God in prayer. We have a God who invites us to boldly approach the throne of grace and week after week we say, no thanks God, we're busy down here worshiping. You know, we live in an age where the internet allows us to peer in on any church we want to, right? Because they're all put their services online now. And so, a church, I watched a series on prayer. You can hear the whole worship service. It wasn't just the sermon, the whole worship service. And that pastor preached some great sermons on prayer. Probably five sermons on prayer. And they were good. But each service had about three minutes of prayer sprinkled in. He talked about prayer as much as he could and he poured his heart into it. But they never spent time praying. Why are we doing this to ourselves? Why are we not showing our people? Oh, we're telling them to pray. I know you've told your people to pray. But you're not leading them in prayer. Prayer matters. So, prayer matters, so we'll turn our Wednesday night service into a prayer meeting. Well, that's not the worst impulse you've ever had. Okay. But you know how most prayer meetings go, because you've been in those prayer meetings, right? It turns into a prayer request meeting in which we spend 20, 25 minutes taking prayer requests about somebody's cousin's co-worker's son that's in three states away. And those people are worth praying for. But we do all of that and then we spend five minutes in prayer. And then we go home. And we wonder why it becomes unpopular. We wonder why people don't want to show up. We can kill a prayer meeting pretty easily. We can kill it by failing to plan anything. We just show up because it's going to be easy and we're just going to pray. You don't have to plan to pray, do you? 
Well, it might help if we did. And we undermine it by failing to create any variety. Brothers and sisters, we live in the information age. There are prayer services widely available to you. You know, yesterday, I don't know if you noticed this, there was a funeral yesterday. And I don't know if you watched it, I didn't really watch it, but I did look up the service. Read through the service. And if however many billions of people were supposed to tune into this, if they actually watched that funeral, they heard the gospel. They heard the gospel because that funeral came out of a book called the Book of Common Prayer. That's 450 years old. Written by a guy named Thomas Cranmer, helped by a guy named Martin Bootser. And they wrote that and that's been the book of prayer for the Church of England for 450 plus years. And the word of God is read and biblical prayers are said. That book exists and you don't have to be Anglican to get a copy of it. You don't have to be Anglican to use it if we need variety oh it's there if we need help it's available because here's what we do we say well we need to pray well let me call on somebody to pray and listen you can call on me to pray and I can turn out a fine prayer on my feet but if you give me five or ten minutes of warning that you're gonna call on me to pray I can actually pray a pretty good prayer if you give me a week of warning I can pray a really good prayer You can do this. Instead of just calling on somebody that catches your eye on Sunday morning, you can let them know, I'm going to call on you. I want you to pray our benediction. I want you to pray this. And give them time to plan. Maybe tell them, hey, this Sunday is right around Veterans Day. So I would love in your prayer if you would pray some thanks for the veterans that are in our church. And help people know, like, I want you to pray for this. I want you in our worship service, I want you to pray a prayer of confession where we confess our sins to God and accept His forgiveness for them. Because, now... You don't have to write out every prayer like the Book of Common Prayer does for you. But if you have a plan, you know, and some topics. Now one other thing. If you start planning your prayers, you'll start praying longer. You got to ease people into that. <laughs> All right? If they're getting fidgety after 30 seconds... Ten minutes next Sunday may not be a good plan. Okay? You may need to slowly lengthen things out. And be realistic. I mean, I hope your church is full of kids. And guess what kids are going to be in prayer? Kids. They're not going to hold on for five minutes still as a stone and completely silent. 
That's not a realistic expectation of the three-year-olds in your church. And it's okay. And people need to know it's okay. All right? And it's okay to shift. and We know it's okay to shift and fidget during sermons. It's okay to shift when you pray, too. You don't have to stay stuck for however long a prayer is. Now, I don't really want to talk about prayer that much. We could have a whole sermon on what prayer does. Does prayer change things? How does prayer work with providence and things like that? We could talk about prayer, but mostly, I just want us to pray. Because it's much better than to pray than to talk about praying. So that's what we're going to do for the remainder of our time this morning. We are going to pray. Now I have from Martin Bootser, my favorite reformer. Because Martin Bootser, he was the guy that tried to get Martin Luther and Ulrich Zwingli to get along found he couldn't get it done. He's the guy that helped uh, the Swiss Reformation in so many ways and, and then when political events forced him to leave he went to England and he helped the Reformation in there. He's, he's a, a reformer with his finger in every pie of the Reformation and everywhere he went he did amazing things. Well he wrote a liturgy for the church in Strasbourg in 15... 39. And what we're going to do is I'm going to pray through a portion of it and then we're going to stop. And I want you to pray based on the subject we've just prayed over. And pray for it in your own life. Pray for it directly. Alright? So let's pray. Almighty Heavenly Father, Thou hast promised us through your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, that whatsoever we ask in his name, you will grant unto us. You have commanded us to petition you for all men, and especially for those in authority. We do therefore beseech you, dear faithful Father, through your Son, our Savior, for our President, our Governor, for all our representatives and senators, judges and justices, and also for the magistrates of this city and of every city represented here. Grant your spirit and a godly fear to those whom you have set over us as rulers in your place that they may administer their office to your honor and according to your will, in order that your children everywhere may lead calm and quiet lives in all godliness and propriety. Let us now pray for those over us.
where we live with freedom. I thank you, Lord, for a country and even a state where we can proclaim your name openly and be your church. Lord, I pray for the leaders of both our national administration and our state. They would indeed continue to serve the people in such a way that gives you honor and glory. Lord, though we disagree with many of the decisions, I pray, Lord, that we would understand that your hand is still on the wheel, that you are indeed still in control, and your sovereign plan is being worked out even amongst our the nations and in our nation. Lord, help us as churches to be prayerful. Lord, help us in our homes to be prayerful. That we would rightly give honor to you in our prayers in public and they be a reflection of the honor that we give you in our prayers in private. This I pray in Christ's name. We pray for all whose duty it is to proclaim your holy word and be pastors of your churches. Grant them your word and spirit that they may serve you in such a way that all of your elect may be gathered unto you and that those who already bear your name and are counted as Christians may live agreeably to your call to the glory and the edification of your church. We also pray for those facing sickness and adversity. Enable them to perceive your gracious hand and accept discipline for their improvement that in your grace you may impart to them comfort and help. Lord, I thank you so much for the opportunity to be here today. We're seeing this chapel in so many years. We ask that you bless this seminar, bless the people who are around the general, bless the people who come here and to learn more about you. We thank you and pray. We pray for those who do not yet apprehend the Holy Gospel, but remain in error and depravity. Enlighten their eyes that they also may recognize you as their God and Creator and be converted to your will. Heavenly Father, we pray also for ourselves. 
who are gathered here. Grant that we may be gathered in your name. Drive from our hearts and souls all things which displease you. Enable us to understand that we live and move and have our being in you and that our sins are so great and so abominable before you that neither your grace nor life could have been restored to us except through the death of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. Enable us to grasp by true faith the love that you have for us in that you gave your dear son in death for us so that when we believe in him we shall not perish but have everlasting life. Merciful God and Father draw our hearts and souls to this your son so that we may receive his love with living faith and eternal gratitude and therefore die to all evil more and more each day grow and increase in all goodliness goodness and lead our lives in all propriety patience and love toward our neighbor Greatly comforted by your holy gospel, we do now and always call upon you, our God and Father, and let us now pray to you as you, our Lord, taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Let us now close with one final prayer. This is a prayer that I'm currently teaching my boys and it is attributed to St. Patrick. I'm not sure how valid that attribution is. I don't know. But let us, as we leave, pray this final prayer and we will be dismissed. Lord, may the power of God guide us. May the might of God uphold us. May the wisdom of God teach us. May the eye of God watch over us. May the ear of God hear us. May the word of God speak for us. May the hand of God protect us. May the shield of God shelter us. May the way of God lie before us. May the host of God defend us. Christ with us. Christ before us.
Christ behind us. Christ in us. Christ beneath us. Christ above us. Christ on our right. Christ on our left. Christ where we lie. Christ where we sit. Christ where we arise. Christ in the heart of everyone who thinks of us. Christ in the mouth of everyone who speaks to us. Christ in the eye of everyone that sees us. Christ in the ear of everyone that hears us. Salvation is of the Lord. Salvation is of the Christ. May your salvation, Lord, be ever with us. Amen. You are dismissed.